Lord Jesus, we desire to be lights for you. Help us to look for opportunities and ways in which to do so. In your name we pray, amen. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. And while you're doing that, I wanted to let you know that next Sabbath we'll be having a special uh, service for Easter weekend, and we have some wonderful music planned, and so we hope you'll be there for that. And then following that Sabbath, I'll be beginning a four-part series on the wonderful gift of the Sabbath, and so I hope that you will plan to attend that as well. But this morning, we're going to begin in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Whatever version you have with you is fine. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. You'll hear this when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. This is the way, walk in it. Living in 3D. We continue our series today on how to be better witnesses for Jesus. This is the third and final part of this series that we've been doing entitled, Living in 3D. The first D was developing friendships. That one of the most effective ways to be a good witness is to develop friendships with other people. It becomes much easier to witness to someone if you already have some sort of relationship with them. We need to desire to make friends with people, not just people that are like us. We talked about how we need to desire to make friends with all people, not just people that are like us or that act like us or that look like us or that talk like us or even that live like us. But we should see people, we should see every person as a potential friend, not because they make us feel comfortable, maybe they make us feel uncomfortable, but we should look at each person as a potential friend because we see them as Jesus sees them. Like Ellen White said in the book of Education, we need to see every person as an individual with infinite possibility if they become connected to Jesus Christ. Think about Jesus and the friends that he made. He made so many friends with people that probably were not like him. I doubt that Jesus was, was very much like a greedy tax collector, and yet Jesus became friends with him. I doubt that Jesus was very much like uh, uh, a zealot a zealous fisherman that wanted to, to overthrow Rome with, with force and with, with might and with, and with violence. I doubt Jesus was, was like those individuals. I highly doubt that Jesus was like an 18-year-old kid that smoked pot and was doing all kinds of things with spiky white hair, but Jesus wanted to make friends with him as well. I doubt Jesus was like any of those people, and yet Jesus saw someone of infinite possibility, someone who had infinite possibility as they were connected to him. So our first D is developing friendships. Developing friendships with anyone God gives us opportunity to be friends with. Our second D was to discover stories. To discover the stories of people. To listen to people. To listen to their stories. To, to, to find out what makes them tick. What is their background? Why do they say the things they say and why do they act the way they act? In doing this, in doing this, not only will we know how to take their story and use it to help tell the story of Jesus Christ and his love, but it will also help protect us. It will help protect us from, from going in 
with, with our agenda already in place and making a muck of things, as can often happen. And today we come to our last D in 3D living, which is discerning the next steps. Discerning the steps that God would have us to take each and every moment of every single day. Our text from Isaiah, in context, in context is about right living. Isaiah 30, chapter 30 and verse 21 is in context about right living, which oftentimes we define right living as those things which we can clearly seen, see and define and control. Maybe areas of eating or, or worship or dress or, or the way people think and talk and act. And in the immediate context of Isaiah, this uh, uh, context of Isaiah, he was speaking to the Israelites and he was talking to them about abandoning idols and worshiping the one true God. But right living is more than just what we can see and what we can control and what we can, what we can, can, can narrow in on. Right living is living like Jesus in all areas and also living in such a way that we are continually open to hearing what Jesus is saying. You will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Right living is about knowing when to share and when to be silent. When to make a friend for Jesus. When to listen to someone's story. What to say and how to say it in response to that story. Right living is about discerning the steps that Christ would take in each and every situation were he here in our shoes. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 21 again. Whether you turn to the right or, your, or the left, your ears will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. In other words, what the text is saying is that you will have discernment. This text is about discernment. You will have discernment. You will hear a voice and you'll discern each situation as God desires. When you are connected to Christ, you not only will be developing friendships and discovering stories, but you will be able to, to have discernment through the guidance of the Holy Spirit in, in great situations and in the situations that seem maybe small and even insignificant. Now, living in 3D, we've been talking about developing friendships and discovering stories, and now we're going to talk about discerning the next steps. Living in 3D doesn't always mean that you do these three things in order. It doesn't always mean that you do these three things in order. Sometimes you will develop a friendship. Sometimes you, sometimes you will discover some, someone's story before you develop a friendship. Last week, I told you about how I had a conversation with a gentleman on an airplane, and I never developed a friendship with that man. I'm not friends with him to this day. I couldn't tell you his address or where he lives or what's going on in his life. He couldn't tell you anything about me. But I discovered his story and was able to witness to him even though I was not his friend. For some reason, people are willing to tell you their stories. When you're hurtling above the earth by 30-some thousand miles going 400 miles an hour, people are more willing to talk for some reason at that point in time. But I never developed a friendship with him, but I was still able to witness by discovering his story. Sometimes you'll develop a friendship long before you actually discover someone's story. You can be friends with someone for a long time. Some of you know this, where you've been friends with someone for so long, and then you learn something about them, or you learn an aspect of their story, and you wonder to yourself, you may even say to them, why didn't I know this about you before? Well, you know, it's really private, and I just didn't want to share it. So you may be a friend for someone for a long time before you actually ever discover a story. And then likewise, you can discern the next steps of what God is calling you to do 
in many situations without ever becoming a friend or without even discovering someone's story. Like the flight attendant that I spoke to, that spoke to me when I was flying from Atlanta to California one time. She found out I was a pastor and she also knew that I was going to Loma Linda. And I was headed to Loma Linda. And, and she had recently heard this thing on Oprah about this place called Blue Zones. Anyone heard of it? And our wonderful witness of our health message. And I'm going to be very honest with you guys here. I had asked her for a Coca-Cola with the can, not just the cup. And uh, when I, a Coke, and, and when I said Coke, I meant Coca-Cola, not the, the way the Southerners say it, where it could be Sprite or anything else, but a Coca-Cola. And so she said to me, you're going to Loma Linda. Are you a Seventh-day Adventist? And I said, yes. She goes, aren't you not supposed to be drinking Coca-Cola? <laughs> to which I had to think on my feet. And I said, you're right about that. Well, she sat down. There was three seats open. I was in the very back of the plane, and I was sitting in the aisle seat, and the three seats next to me were open, and she sat down in that seat. And every time she had a break, she sat down, and she just peppered me with questions. It started about our health message, and then it went on to other things. I never learned any of her story. I didn't become friends with this lady, but God in that moment was saying, here's the next step. Have a conversation. Answer her questions. Don't try to dodge this. Just answer her questions. Be honest with her. And I did apologize for my poor witness as I to her. But we are to discern the next step. Sometimes discerning the next steps is, is just answering the person's question or being a listening ear. It is sometimes deciphering uh, uh, some sort of service that you can do for another person. It's hearing the voice of God saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Discerning the next steps is about moving forward in the plan that God has for you in each and every situation. You're walking towards God's plan for your role in that person's life, in that person's life. I shared with you all last week about my experience of discovering a man's story on an airplane, and I mentioned in that story that I had already had an amazing witness experience that very morning, that I had We've been so excited about it, and I thought, well, I, I did my witnessing for the day, and I'm done. So I didn't think I needed to talk to the man in the airplane, but God, of course, had other plans. Well, I want to share with you uh, my first witnessing experience that morning. I told you last week, you'll have to come every week because you never know when it's going to show up. Well, I decided this week it'll show up this week in the story. I was in the Chicago airport. It was around 5.30 or 6 in the morning. I'd gone through the security. I'd gone through my OCD routine. Just for those of you who weren't here and don't remember my OCD routine, two magazines that I always get, one financial magazine and something else, running magazine, or in this case it was a golf magazine, whatever it may be. My, a bottle of water, a large bottle of water. At that time it was Dasani. Now it would be Fiji or Smart Water or one of those. Although I was told by one of our members today that there's a lot of impurities in all those waters, and I, I think they're going to ruin my water drinking for me. I may have to go back to Coca-Cola. No. <laughs> and a pack of Trident gum, original. That never changes. Magazines may change. Water may change. Trident gum, there is no other kind. Don't argue with me. It is so. After I did my OCD thing, I was then in line at McDonald's. Uh, again, don't judge me with about 30 other people, with about 30 other people waiting to get something to eat for, for breakfast. And in the line next to me, a couple persons up, I noticed 
this mother that was struggling with her, her daughter. She had a stroller with her, and she had this young daughter with her, and the daughter didn't want to get in the stroller, and she had ordered, and her food had come up, and she had this drink carrier, and she was trying to get her daughter to get into the stroller, and her daughter was fighting her and resisting her, and she was trying to, to get this, this drink thing up and, and her food and everything, and she was having a rough time managing it. And I'm watching all this, and it's just over a matter of seconds, and I'm seeing people behind her getting impatient. You know how people are. They begin to order over top of her. You know, they're like, I want to, you know, they're, they're not even letting her get out. She's trying to figure out how to maneuver this stroller. And I had this impression in me, I guess you'd say it's this desire to, to help this woman out. And so in the split second there, I made a decision and I stepped out of line and I walked a couple of feet ahead and I asked the woman, I said, can I carry your drinks for you? She said, no problem. Thank you. Yes, please. So I grabbed her her drink container with her coffee and her orange juice and, and her bag of food and she got the stroller and got her daughter and we began to walk on our way. And she said, I really appreciate that. I said, I said no problem, uh, glad to help. And we were walking along and there was a little sitting area and she said, I'm just gonna stop here and, and sit and eat. But before she did that, let me tell you, I forgot this most important part. Before she did that, I had asked her, I said, so where are you going? Thinking I was gonna walk her to her gate. And she said, I'm going to Salt Lake City. I said, oh, me too. What airline? She said, I'm flying on United. I said, oh, me too. She said, I said, when are you leaving? She said, 7.30. I said, me too. I said, we're probably on the same flight. She said, oh, okay. So I said, pulled out my ticket. I looked. I said, we're at gate 3B. She said, all right. So then she comes to this little food area, and she said, I'm going to sit here and eat. She's like, thank you again for your help. I said, not a problem. And I left her there, and I went on my way. I went on my way. I walked to my gate. Now let me pause. If that had been the end of the story, if that had been the end of the story, I would have still been living in 3D. Because I was responding to that voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. And that voice, that impression in my heart and in my mind said, go relieve the burden of that young mother. Go help that young mother. Folks, when you take some action in your life, when you take some action in your life, no matter how big or small it is, if it is an action that helps relieve the burden of a fellow human being, no matter how big or how small, you are responding to the Holy Spirit. You are responding to the Holy Spirit. You are being a resource provider for the kingdom of God. Do you realize that is one of our responsibilities as Christians, to help relieve the burdens of those around us? Ultimately, only Jesus Christ can do this. Jesus tells us that, that we're to, to cast our burdens upon him, that we are, we are to put our yoke upon him. Jesus tells us this, but, but, but we are to play a role in that. And so we are to be resource providers of helping to relieve people's burdens, no matter how big or small. So in that moment, carrying this lady's food and her drinks, I was being a resource provider for the kingdom of God. That could have been the end of the story, and I would have been living in 3D. Folks, God has opportunities for you every single day to discern the next steps and to live in 3D. However, in this case, that wasn't the end of this story. A few minutes later, I was sitting in the gate area, and this mother and her young daughter walk in, and she sees me, and she sees there's some seats open, and she walks over, and she sat down next to me, and she thanked me again for helping her. I said, oh, it's not a problem, and we began to chat. And I don't know how, but before long, the conversation turned to spiritual things and to religion. This young mother and her, and her husband and their daughter did not attend any church. 
she asked me about my beliefs, and I was sharing with her my beliefs, and she was saying we really probably should connect to a church. So I told her about a church that I knew of that she could connect with. I encouraged her to check it out. I wanted her to, 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 to get connected to Jesus, to hear something about Jesus. And our conversation continued. We just kept continuing on and talked about some different things. We've been talking maybe 40 minutes or so, and she said, you know, I, I should probably take my daughter to the bathroom before we go. Can you watch my stuff? For me, And I said, yeah, no problem. So she got up and she walked away and she walked out of the gate area and I was really excited about this conversation. I thought, man, how cool is that? I helped this woman with her drink and now I got to spend 40 minutes talking about Jesus and, and sharing Jesus with her just because I stepped out of line. I was like, thank you, Jesus. This is so awesome. And then I started to realize that, that in my excitement, I also became very nervous because I realized that there in the gate area, there was really no one there. It was, it was pretty much empty. There was a, a line of people that were, that were getting on a plane headed to Honolulu, Hawaii. And I remember coventing a little bit. You would too. You're in Chicago in January. And you see people going to Hawaii, you covet. That's just the way it goes. So, so, so I was looking at them, but I was looking around. I was trying to think, did I hear an announcement of a gate change? I was like, I don't think I heard anything. I looked at the board. There was nothing on the board. I was wondering what's going on. And then this lady walks up to me, distracting me out of my, my concern for a moment, and she said to me, she said, my son is mortified that I'm talking to you. I said, pardon me? And she kind of motioned with her head towards the line, the Honolulu line, and there was this kid looking like, oh my goodness, I can't believe my mom is there talking to him. We've all had those moments with our moms before. My sons have it with me all the time. And I praise the Lord that I get to do it to them on a regular basis. But she said, she said, for the last 45 minutes, my son has been sitting behind you listening to everything that you had to say. She said, and when we just got up now and we were walking over that line, she said, can you, my son said to me, can you believe that he was willing to talk to that woman about that stuff? And she said, so I wanted to come over here and thank you for witnessing to my son. I was blown away. I was overwhelmed with joy. I was like, how cool is that? I witnessed to two people, and all I did was carry orange juice and coffee. I thought, how cool is that? But it gets even better. When the mother and the daughter come back into the gate area, the mother suddenly has a similar concern as I do, she looked around and asked, where is everyone? And she said, are you sure we're in the right spot? And I showed her my ticket. I said, it says right here, gate 3B. She looked at her watch. Our flight leaves in 20 minutes, she said. I, I looked at the counter. There's no one even there at the counter to help us anymore. Everyone was gone. I said, did you hear an announcement? She said, I didn't hear an announcement. I, I was like, neither did I. I began to panic. Chicago is kind of, like, oh, here's the big airport. And I, I didn't know where our gate was. Who knows what's going on? And so she starts fumbling around, and she reaches into her purse, and she pulls out her ticket. And she said, what gate did you say? And I said, it says 3B. And I showed her my ticket, and she shows me her ticket. And there I see on her ticket, Salt Lake City, United, the flight number, same flight number as mine, 730, same everything. And then I notice on her ticket that it says 6B. And I suddenly realized that God had my ticket misprinted so that I would have an opportunity to not only share with this lady, but to share with this kid I didn't even realize 
was listening. I know in my heart, I believe in all my heart that God set it all up. I've never seen that happen before, that, that my ticket was misprinted. I've never had that happen. But here's, here's the point I want to make. The scripture tells us that when we're going along our way, we will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. And I wonder how many times we ignore that voice and miss those divine appointments that God has set up for us. There was an impression in my heart. It wasn't even in a voice. There was just an impression in my heart. And seeing this lady struggle, thinking of my own wife and her own family situation, there was an impression for me to step out of line and help her while people around her were being impatient. Go help that lady with her drinks. You don't need anything from McDonald's anyway, I'm sure is what the voice was saying. So I stepped out of line, thinking I was just helping her with her drinks. All three of us would have missed out on the miracle, the young man, this lady, if I had not stepped out of that line. Brothers and sisters, we reach forks in the road every single day. Moments when the Lord is, is, is asking us, is trying to help us discern that next step we should take in a moment. Where the Lord is saying, why don't you do this? And we're, we're saying, I'm too busy, or I want breakfast, or, or whatever it may be. But the Lord is saying, why don't you do this for me? Here's the bottom line, folks. Choosing wisely in these fork-in-the-road moments is what becoming a resource provider for the kingdom of heaven is all about. It's what, it's what it means to live in 3D. I was standing in line with more than 30 people. Anyone could have helped this young lady. I had to make a decision when I felt that impression in my heart to step out of line, forgetting about my own food, approach her, and carry the drink. When we ask to live in 3D, when we say, God, help me to live in 3D, help me to, to develop friendships for you, help me to discover st stories for you so that I can be a better witness, help me to discern the next steps of every single moment, when we ask to do this, I believe that every day, seemingly insignificant things can become divine, life-altering tools in the hands of a compassionate and an almighty God who is just looking to touch the hearts of people. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will have discernment, and you will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. Folks, we can be walking in all the right ways as far as diet and as far as, as Sabbath keeping, and we should be doing these things. There is nothing wrong with doing these things. We should be walking in the right ways in regards to our marital relationships and our relationships to our children. We should be walking in the right ways in regards to our devotional life. But, but we need to be, have a discerning spirit to walk in the right ways to the things that we cannot see and the things that are not listed out as rules to know when it is where and where it is we are to walk in those situations, in those situations. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Now some of you may say, well, but pastor, you know, those crazy type of miracles don't really happen to me. I didn't know there was gonna be a miracle on the end of that, folk. I didn't know there was going to be a miracle when there was that impression upon my heart to go help this lady with her drink and her food. I didn't know there was going to be a miracle when I sat down and began to talk to her. I didn't know there was a boy sitting there for 45 minutes listening to me talk about Jesus. I didn't know any of this. But we respond 
to those moments. But folks, even if it's not a miracle, God still calls us to respond. God still calls us to lift the burdens of people. God still calls us as Christians to help bring dignity to people's life. It doesn't have to be just a spur of the moment aha thing when we're standing in line at McDonald's. It can be intentional. To discern the next steps can be something done intentionally. I think of my own mom. Something I learned about her uh, years ago. One of her colleagues, one of her nursing friends said to me, do you know how wonderful your mom is? And I said, yes, <laughs> most of the time. And they said, she is so loving, she's so kind. And then they told me, she, they said on her off days, my mom works, uh, has worked in ER, ICU. She worked in ICU most of her life. She's now back in ER. We've, she's had back surgery. We've told her you're getting a little too old for this. And she said, the floor is too boring for me. So it's either ICU or ER. That's what I'm doing. But, uh, but this, this person told me, this is when she was working in ICU. This person told me, you know how nice your mom is? Yeah, I guess. Do you know that on her off days, she comes in here and she shaves the legs and the armpits of the ladies that are in comas or, or cannot take care of themselves? In my mind, immediately my thought was, okay, that's kind of gross. <laughs> but you know, if you think about it, it's this, this nice thing. And I asked, I asked my mom, I said, why do you do that? And she said, because if I'm ever in that position... And I woke up, or suddenly I realized, she goes, you're already in this very, this, this, this situation in which it lacks much dignity. And if I can add a little dignity to their life in that moment, then that's what I want to do. This is something she never told us about. She'd been doing this for years. I found out through some coworker of hers that she would go and, on her off days and go and shave legs and armpits. Not something she had to do. How many of us, when we have a day off, think to ourselves, man, the place I want to go today is back to work. Now, some of you may, and we'll have another sermon about home life and all that at another time. But, but for the most part, we say, oh, a day off. The last place I want to be is going back to work and, and doing this. And yet, my mom does that. She's, she's being a resource provider. She's lifting the burden in someone's life. And she does it with intentionality. There's no miracle involved. She's never said, oh, Chad, guess what? I was shaving this lady's legs and suddenly she woke up and said, the spirit woke me up as you were shaving my legs to say thank you. She never had those moments. There's never been any type of miracle after it. She just does it to be a resource provider for the kingdom of God, to bring dignity, a level of dignity to these individual lives. Nurses, you know especially what I'm talking about. That is discerning the next step. What can we do for the kingdom of God? What can we do for the kingdom of God? We have a God. We serve a God that is so compassionate, so loving, so desperate to reach the hearts of each and every person that you and I interact with on a daily basis and may not even think about. That he's willing to use whatever means possible. A drink carrier from McDonald's. A razor and some shaving cream. Whatever it may be. 
Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice in your ears saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Folks, that is a promise from God. And one of the things, I, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible is that all God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Because Jesus loves us so much, because he came down from heaven and, and lived the perfect life that we could not live, and because he, he, he walked to Calgary and walked up a hill and willingly died on a cross, because Jesus did all of this, all of his promises, including the one that says, brother, sister, I'll let you know when you need to carry a drink. I'll let you know when you need to shave legs and armpits. I'll let you know when you need to do these things. All those promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. I didn't know the mom with the daughter. I didn't know the Lord had ticket the printed, Lord had printed the wrong ticket for me. I didn't know the mom with her teenage son was sitting behind us. I heard a small voice help that lady, and I did, and God did something. God used it how he desired. Probably most of us, when we think of methods of evangelism, we don't think about carrying someone's coffee or shaving someone's legs or other little steps that are presented to us daily that can, God can do great things with us. But because the heart of Jesus will not let one stone go unturned in order to reach each and every heart, he will use whatever resource is necessary for his honor and glory. Folks, we are only li limited in our witness. We are only limited in our witness by the steps that we fail to discern. That voice is always speaking. This is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. This is the way, walk in it. We're only limited by that, by, by, by whether we choose to ignore that voice or to tune it out. Our witness is only limited by the times we refuse to the small voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. I want to ask you this morning as we close, where is that voice telling you to walk today? What is the little thing that you can do today, this week, this month, to be a resource provider for the kingdom of heaven? And when you do that little thing, watch what that little thing can do, be, what can happen with that little thing when done through the hands of Almighty God.
Lord Jesus, may we be Christians that share the resources of our friendship, of our listening ears, and of hearts open to discern the steps that you would have us to take in each and every person's life. Lord, we thank you for your grace and for your love. We thank you that in all three of these examples, we can see the evidence of Jesus in our own lives, that you became our friend long before we sought you, that you knew each of our stories and knew just how to reach each one of us, and that you've discerned the steps that we need to take, and you've put people in our life, even just for a moment, to direct our hearts and our minds towards you. Lord, may we now go and do likewise as you have done. In your name we pray, amen.